Hi everyone, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. Today we're talking about something unique and that is corporate horror. This isn't a specific genre per se, but there are multiple movies that fall under this category that I don't think are talked about enough. I'm a big fan of workplace horror in general. I have my degree in human resources and work as an HR person during the day. And I see just how much people are different in the corporate world and how a lot of people are exploited, what people will do to get promotions, how people in executive leadership can really use other people. There's a lot of horror that comes into it. And just the overall prison mentality of nine to five and being stuck. I don't think there's really anything as scary as monotony, but also there's such an opportunity there. The more mundane something is, the more alarming things are when it goes off the rails. There's tons of great movies that capitalize on the inherent threat of large corporations. Not all large corporations or companies in general are evil, obviously, but all of the pieces are in place for exploitation and abuse everywhere you go. So the first movie I should talk about that encompasses corporate horror to a T is The Belko Experiment. The Belco experiment revolves around 80 employees at the Belco Corporation in Bogota, Colombia, and they learn that they're part of a deadly game. Trapped inside of their work building, a voice over the intercom tells the frightened staff that two workers must be killed within 30 minutes. When another ultimatum follows, friends become enemies and new alliances take shape, as only the strongest will remain alive in the end. Each employee had to receive a chip implanted into them when they were hired, which is now partly cause of their death. So if they don't kill each other within the time frame, then the voice will pick random people and explode their chips and explode their heads. <laughs> the whole Belco front can really be read as this sadistic take on how faceless corporations can fundamentally mess with employees' lives pushing them further and further thanks to the emotional distance a tiered management structure enables. Alongside that, there's also the exploitation of globalization and outsourcing that comes into the fears of this movie. So the next to talk about is a nasty piece of work. This is an Into the Dark movie, which is basically a low-budget Blumhouse film that came out during the 2019 holiday season. We follow Ted, an overachiever doing his best to get a promotion that he basically broke his back to deserve. He's furious after finding out that he's not getting the promotion, but is given another chance to get it. His boss invites him and the popular kid of the office to his house for a holiday party slash dinner where they have to compete with each other. The winner gets the bonus and the promotion. It's a movie that focuses on the rich using the poor and needing for entertainment, but it's also a great story of showing what people really do for money and for their work. Basically, they'll literally kill each other. The next movie to talk about is a movie called Exam. This movie from 2009 blurs the lines between corporate horror and just true escape room. There's eight candidates up for a job that enter into a room for the last step in their interview process. And they're given 80 minutes to figure out the answer to a puzzle that they basically don't know what it is. It's imperative to follow the rules and listen to what the host has said. The candidates work together and, of course, lose their minds as they work through this puzzle. And in the end, only one person wins the job by truly just paying attention to the words that are spoken by the host at the beginning of it all. No characters in this movie are given names 
and the fear of failure for them is worse than death, showing the dramatics of the corporate world and the true fear that can be instilled by a company waving stability and security in front of your face. Before we get on to the very final movie, I want to throw in the honorable mention of a movie called Obsessed. It's more of a thriller, and it stars Beyonce, so that's kind of fun. But it's about Beyonce's fake husband in the movie, who is this corporate hotshot, and he has a lot of flirty banter with his executive assistant, and she becomes obsessed. She goes on the company retreats and finds him and follows him home and stalks him, and it just really shows the difference of people in the working world and in the private world and how truly different they can be and how words can be taken out of context in the workplace. So the final movie to talk about today is one of my favorite movies of all time, which is the sixth film in the Saw franchise. We follow a main character named William, who is an unethical insurance broker who really only cares about himself and money. His very first interaction on the film shows us that he's drinking at work and lying to his sister about working late, even though it's her birthday. He's being sued for the death of a man who was denied insurance coverage to fix his heart condition. He was denied by William, who said that the man had an underlying condition of having a cavity fixed as a young person that was not reported, which basically impacted his coverage. In general, William's just shysting this man out of money and is now being sued for killing him because the man couldn't afford his heart surgery without insurance. William says, those are the rules. I'm sorry, but your own actions have caused this. Basically having no remorse and no accountability. William has a group of six employees who go out of their way to find discrepancies in insurance applications. And they use these tiny errors to make and save the company lots of money and scam regular people. We see flashbacks throughout the movie, including one of a party that William's company sponsored on behalf of John Kramer's wife's rehab clinic, with William speaking to John about his probability policy, relating it to the psychological work of John, saying that they both read people to assess their potential for success. John says, in a sense, you determine who lives or who dies. William says, no, I just determine their probability of living long, healthy lives. John retorts with, until a person is faced with death, it's impossible if they can have what it takes to survive. It's also revealed that John needed cancer coverage from William's insurance company and was scammed as well. John presented a cancer treatment to William for potential coverage and was told that it went against policy, and if he tried to seek it out himself, then he would be dropped from the insurance altogether. John says that this issue is not in regards to saving money, but rather in regards to principle. Of course, don't mess with John Kramer. <laughs> William then gets kidnapped, and John Kramer slash Jigsaw speaks to him via VHS, saying that William's probability formula for unjustly using the sick as a means of wealth does not take into account their will to live. Measuring who should survive versus who will survive are two entirely different measurements. Jigsaw says that there are four tasks that William must complete that will test his probability policy for good. The first test is a breathing challenge against a 52-year-old smoker, the janitor at the insurance company, and the loser who breathes too much will have their lungs crushed, which is ultimately what would have happened to the smoker if he needed insurance coverage for lung cancer. The second test is choosing between William's secretary and his file clerk on who will survive. According to his policy, the secretary is old and has a family history of diabetes, 
but has a loving, large family who would miss her. And on the other hand, the file, file clerk is a young, healthy man with no friends or family and ultimately no one who would really miss him. Against his own policy, he chooses to save the secretary, proving that his formula is not black and white and is basically worthless. The third test makes William burn his skin to help his lawyer, who's stuck in her own trap, and that turns into a little bit of a mess, but just showing that she also has the will to survive, even though time is against her. And the fourth and final test is his ability to choose between those six loyal employees and prematurely terminate them, watching them literally spiral on a carousel and lie their way to hopeful freedom with the, with the fate of their lives in William's hands. He must choose two of six of them to survive and has to stab his hands in order to save them, with blood literally staining his hands. He saved the only two that didn't lie to him, showing that the people who mirrored his regular unethical behavior were unworthy of survival. The final man on the carousel flips a switch and curses out William, saying that his policy is worthless and telling William to look at him as he kills him. As William leaves the carousel, he reaches a doorway. The man from the beginning, who died from the heart condition due to no coverage, has a wife and a son who now have the choice to kill or save William, just as William had the chance to kill or save the man. They choose to kill him, and William's sister is forced to watch in this twisted form of self-dealt karma. That concludes our list of corporate horror today. Thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. The meetup page is really as active as ever, so feel free to sign up, be a part of the spooky world, and join us for all of our fun and unique events.